You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a podcasting agency that helps B2B brands start podcasts to connect with prospects, generate content, and grow brand awareness. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest today is Sarah Beldo. Sarah is Head of Content Marketing and Communications at Sanity, which is a content management platform. Sarah, it is really cool to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you for inviting me on, Jeremy. So you ready just to dive right in? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So... Our topic today is a good one, an evergreen topic that I know our audience will be interested in, namely the art and science of storytelling in B2B marketing. And let's just start by defining what it is that we're talking about. Storytelling gets thrown around a lot, a little bit of a buzzword. Everyone will say, oh yeah, we need to do storytelling. What are we talking about? What is storytelling in a B2B marketing context? Great question. And I absolutely agree. It's a buzzword and something that everybody says that they want, but I find that people don't always practice. So if we wanted to stop define storytelling, I would just say it's all about creating a narrative that helps people connect with your brand. As simple as that. And I think okay. sometimes a company will talk about their brand narrative which is usually just this larger meta narrative that's about the problems that you're solving for your audience, your point of view and beliefs on how those problems can be solved, and then probably what your solution is. So that's the meta narrative. But I also think from a content marketing perspective, there's a lot of mini narratives that you can tell and a storytelling approach can really be applied to pretty much any type of content. Okay. So let's go from the kind of theoretical to the to the practical. Give us some examples of of both of those things. You kind of contrasted two types of, you know, two things there. So give us examples of each so we know exactly what we're what it looks like. The way that we might do that in a practical sense is to create a story that is relatable and has a very specific main character or almost hero in it. Recently, we made a video with our CTO who's talking about his experience of shopping online. So e-commerce mm -hmm. companies are one of the ma our main audiences that use the Sanity product. So he's talking about himself as a consumer and his frustrating experience of going on, trying to buy shoes on the internet and not being able to choose which are the best shoes for him. So right away, he has himself in a relatable mm -hmm. situation. And then there's a certain sense of tension there or something, a gap. He can't figure out online like what the best shoes are for him. And he also has an example for that's like a little bit more serious of buying something for his child. And he doesn't know which one to, to select. And then as he, he brings, it's like it's relatable. There's some tension and he brings you along on the journey as to eventually like what would have helped him make that decision better and like what the outcome of that decision is. So I think that a good story has at its heart, somebody that you can relate to. There's something like a hook in it that creates some sense of curiosity. There's that tension and then eventually it's resolved. And then mm -hmm. I know in storytelling, people tend to talk about these tropes that anyone can relate to, you know, good versus evil, a journey, David and Goliath. It's like common storytelling tropes. Yeah. You can pretty much 
work those in some way or another to like this video, a social post, even an SEO focused piece of content. I find it's like something that makes mm. people identify, want to read more and eventually wins their hearts and minds. Okay. Wow. That was a really good definition. So, so it sounds to me like based on your definition, what we're talking about when we talk about like B2B storytelling is not really that different, maybe not essentially different at all from what we mean by storytelling generally, whether it, yeah. it's, it's a movie or a novel or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's about a person or a group of people that are trying to overcome some challenge. They're trying to accomplish something and there are obstacles in their way, usually. Yes. Like the, mm -hmm. the hero's journey, right? I think it's called. Yeah, exactly. And, and then either they accomplish it or they don't. And it, it's the stories about how they attempt to accomplish their goal and all the trials mm -hmm. and tribulations they run into. And sometimes there's a moral at the end, sometimes not, but okay. So that, that we really yeah. are talking about sort of the classic idea of a story. Yes, we are. Um, uh -huh. I, oh, go ahead. Well, no, you, you go, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that there are, if you're thinking about B, B2C does this all the time, pretty mm. much, if you, especially if you look at social content, which is so important for a lot of B2C brands, TikTok, Instagram stories, they're called stories, right? Yeah. It's always somebody saying like, oh, you know, I always struggled with my under eye circles or something until I discovered X, Y, Z. Like they pretty much lay it out there. And then the, and the TikTok stories can be very creative, small, short mm. form, really engaging. That's why people, you know, just keep watching and watching and watching. But I think in B2B, we're more familiar with something like a case study as a story right. that's often told like your customer's story and that's wonderful, but they can turn into very, <clears throat> unless you're approaching it from like a more creative storytelling place, mm -hmm. sometimes they can just turn into very dry one sheeters with like their, their results where they increased X by whatever percent. Yeah. So, okay. I'm glad you brought that up. That's a really interesting example. And that's the, the case study is probably the most common type of like traditional storytelling piece of content mm -hmm. that you see in BNB. And it has a lot of the elements of the traditional story, right? Definitely. The one thing that it's often lacking is a central character, mm -hmm. like, like literally a person. It's often yes. such and such company had the problem exactly, as opposed to this person. What's the, why is that a problem though? Like I, I agree with you. I think that the, a lot of these case studies can come across as kind of the same or a little dry or, you know, you, you know, kind of know what the outcome is going to be. Well, mm -hmm. our amazing product helped them solve the problem and then everybody was happy and they lived happily ever after. What's missing there? You know, mm -hmm. how, what's missing there from the kind of storytelling that ideally, you know, you have in mind? Yeah, I think it goes back to what we were talking about initially, which is having a hero at the center of the story. People connect with people yeah. and they want to see themselves in a story or they want to see somebody that they can relate to. So I think by when we highlight a specific individual, I've seen video case studies that are not that different than what you would see in the written format. But because you're looking at a person talking and you can see the emotion in their face, you can hear what the product has done for them it's so much more effective to see somebody delivering the story themselves. Mm -hmm. And in a written format, we do try to, when, when my team works on them, to bring out that emotion, that 
the feeling of what it is that this product is actually accomplishing for people. Because we think about it like, oh, I can do this faster. That's great. Mm -hmm. It's nice to do something faster. But what does that actually mean for you? In at work, there's like many mm -hmm. levels to what people's jobs mean to them. And I often find it goes much deeper than what people initially would assume. It's like, if I can go faster, that means I can accomplish more. I can look better to my boss. I can support right. my team better. They'll respect me. There's lots of feelings there that you can evoke when you mm -hmm. make that human connection through a story. Yeah. And I think that points at something important and, and to kind of uh, the underlying question here, which is why do we care about storytelling? You know, wh why is it something worth bothering about? And I think you're gesturing toward an answer there that it's, mm -hmm. it's about emotions, yeah. right? It's about connecting with a sing a character and what that character is feeling and kind of rooting for that character, right? It's yeah. all about on the kind of emotional level. And that's why effective stories often, they don't focus on facts and figures mm -hmm. because those things for whatever reason, just are not as memorable Exactly. As a person going through something and then you, you feeling it along with them. Absolutely. I know. I feel like I've read at some point, I can't remember all the stats in it, but a story about showing somebody facts and did they remember those facts versus wrapping it in a narrative and the amount of information that somebody even retained was far greater when it was wrapped in the story. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's, pretty well known, right? And I'm sure mm -hmm. there's some good scientific data on it, but I, <laughs> yeah. it just makes intuitive sense. We've all experienced it. Exactly. It's kind of like there, there's like a, like a common memory technique, right? Like if you're studying mm -hmm. for an exam with, like, where you have to memorize stuff, it's super hard to remember a string of facts or things larger than, I don't know what the number is, like nine or 10. Mm -hmm. But one common technique is to make a little story out of it. Mm -hmm. Right. And insert the things you're trying to remember into the story. And exactly, then and for some yeah. reason, our brains are wired to be able to even if it's a crazy, made up, silly story, we can we, our brains are wired to remember that much Absolutely. more so than just a list of things. And I have an example from that video that I was talking about earlier, which started out with buying the shoes. He eventually moves into looking for a fire pit and the fact that um, when he looks at the website, the fire pit is like there's a small picture of a fire pit and then he goes over to and if I'm looking for a bolt, there's a small picture of a bolt Like they look kind of the same. It's very hard to make a fire pit decision based on the way that it's presented on this website. In any case, the point of what I'm saying now is that people have come to us and been like, oh, yeah, sanity, but the fire pit company, yeah. like they're remembering this fire pit because mm. it's like they associate it with the video that we've created. And it's like, oh yeah, I remember you can make your fire pit on your e-commerce website, like look very fancy and premium. Like I remember there's like something mm. about your product that gives you more flexibility to really highlight what's special about it. Fire yeah. pit. <laughs> it's, just like, it's that connection. Right. That That's interesting. And like you say, there's, there's something about your product, right? They don't remember the exact mm -hmm. details because that's not really what's important. It's that the outcome, right? In this- yep the fire pit and it evokes a certain kind of ambiance and, you know, maybe memories for people. Yeah. So that, yeah. So that's stands yeah. Out. Mm -hmm. completely. It stands out and people remember it. Yeah. Now, are there, are there certain channels that you think lend themselves better to storytelling than, than others? 
And a related question is kind of, it, do you think storytelling is more like top of funnel type content, middle, bottom, or, or can storytelling being applied effectively just about anywhere in, in any circumstance? Those are great questions. I mean, I think I mentioned earlier social media, I think is perfect for storytelling. In fact, I'm remembering this is maybe an example of what not to do is I remember when it was very trendy on LinkedIn to have these long posts that started out with something like, oh, I'll never, you know, I was fired from 10 jobs or I'll never forget the time, like some failure, right? With gets that's that has that hook that makes somebody yeah. curious and then you would click it and there'd be this really long post that takes you through this their entire journey to and now i'm the ceo and making like this much whatever right it became kind of a it, it was something that people mocked and <laughs> it's like what not to do but people did it for quite a long time i think because it was very effective storytelling right. technique and again the entire story was there in the social feed you didn't have to click off and read anything else but yeah so maybe that's an example of what not to do but i think like it was very successful specifically for linkedin too where people are going they're in that mm -hmm. mode of wanting to get a job or you know advance their career in some way and that's the kind of story that would resonate with them i mentioned for b2c brands you know tiktok as being one mm -hmm. that's really really popular and in fact we're thinking how can we leverage tiktok is this the right channel for us what kind of stories could we tell what would resonate with somebody who's probably not at work, hopefully, <laughs> like in their yeah. spare time after work, scrolling through the feed, like how can we, you know, leverage that mood and that level of engagement to get people excited about our product? So I think mm -hmm. yeah, right away, I think social. And then your second question about different parts of the funnel, I tended to use it more for the awareness and top of funnel stages mm -hmm. for sure. But I mean, a case study, you could call that more of a mid to bottom funnel asset. Yeah. And I, I say, why not? Like, why not try it? Like, why not make it more emotional and narrative based, even though that's not how we're, we're thinking of it. And again, it could help you, it could help you stand out at that stage. Right. If done in the right way. Yeah. yeah. The decision maker often doesn't have the same kind of connection with the brand already. So if mm -hmm. I'm being sent again, like this video case study of someone you know, speaking passionately about their experience of going from, you know, zero to a hundred with this product, I probably am more likely to be like, okay, yeah, I'll sign that. I'll sign off on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's there's, I, I want to highlight a few things that you, that you said just now that I think are important. You mentioned TikTok, right? Mm -hmm. And you could probably make a similar case for Instagram or any number of other channels that the, the, Storytelling generally might be like a good, a good idea just generally for B2B content yeah. marketing, but it really, the channel through which you're telling the story or in which you're telling the story will, will really determine in a big way how you tell the story or yes. what parts you emphasize or even which stories you might choose to tell, right? Mm -hmm. The way that you're going to tell some kind of story in TikTok is pretty, probably pretty different than how you might tell it in a blog post on your website, yeah, for example. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's that. one important consideration. So it's certainly not a one size fits all. You write some story and then just plaster it everywhere in the same exact <laughs> way. That's probably not going to work. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Now you mentioned 
it's a really good example from LinkedIn, right? Of mm -hmm. these long posts that have kind of gone out of style. And I think one of the best examples of one of those kind of posts that went awry was kind of recently. And this actually oh, became like, know you know what, what I'm talking say. about, right? The that CEO, CEO who fired a whole bunch mm -hmm. of people and he posted a video of himself crying, yep. right? Yep. And, and it, I, I believe it also had quite a long written post and it's so tough for me. And he was just instantly mocked, not only yes. on LinkedIn, but that made, this made like national news, yes. <laughs> you know? Oh, I and, know. and I think, but I think there's an important lesson there because that is a form of storytelling, but it came across as fake yeah. and self-serving, right? In, in, inauthentic, like very mm -hmm. much a performance. And so I think there's an, I think one lesson to draw there, but tell me what you think of this is if you're going to do storytelling, it needs to come across as authentic. Oh, and not yeah. something that's just like a veiled sales technique. You know? I wouldn't even say come across because, you know, even saying come across as implies that I mean, you have to be thoughtful about it. I know what you're saying, mm -hmm. but I feel like it, one of the reasons the brands don't do this, I think, as often as they could is because they don't understand their sort of authentic brand story that not just the meta narrative. I think I had a maybe not the perfect example of what a meta narrative is. It's a lot more about feeling than what about what your product does, yeah. but it's like Google's don't be evil. I'll just trap that out as like an example, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost, it's like a brand promise. And if uh, that was sort of guiding all the stories that you told, then you could kind of do a gut check of like, is this authentic for us? Like, what are our values? A lot of brands mm -hmm. do tell stories about that are more like corporate social responsibility. Like, why do they exist? Like, there is a, a purpose and a meaning there sometimes that's mm -hmm. a bit deeper too. So I think connecting with that can help prevent mishaps like the CEO. Right. Yes. Right. I mean, note to self, don't <laughs> post a video of yourself crying after you've just fired a whole bunch of people. That's, that seems like common sense, but I yeah, guess it seemed it like a good idea at the time. But it happened. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but I mean, this raises a question for me. So when it, like, you know, in, in your opinion, for a story to be authentic, does it need to be a true story? I.e., mm -hmm. in other words, something that actually mm -hmm. happened to That's the it. storyteller? Or really good can question. you, you know, make kind of make up a story? And, and, and as long as you don't mm -hmm. pretend that it, pretend that it's true, but you acknowledge that, you know, mm -hmm. you're kind of inventing a scenario that, but still it's authentic insofar as you really do believe in what you're saying and it aligns with your values and all that. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? I mean, I hadn't thought about this before, but I would say, I, yeah, I think it can, I don't think it needs to be true, but mm -hmm. I think you can't pretend that it's true in a way yeah. like we, it, let's say we want to create a film about something right for our brand. Again, it's like, you know, very, very few brands have the, the budget to do such a thing, but imagine you wanted to do something, maybe it's scrappy, right? Maybe it's for TikTok or something and you write a script, you film it. It still feels true. I think it's important to make sure that it's based, it is based on, even if it's not the exact authentic experience, authentic experiences from what you're hearing, talking to your audience again, yeah. like empathy for what people are actually going through. And then you can create a story that reflects that maybe shop it around with them to be like, does this ring true? Does this, is this what this actually feels like? 
I think when it starts to yeah. feel phony is when people marketers and we, we don't actually talk to the people that we're trying to market to and we make assumptions like, oh, you know, it's really this, this is something that's really painful. Like, let's create a story about that. And then people watch it and it just doesn't ring true. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, right. It does. And, and I suppose you could say at the same time that there might be stories that are true that happened to somebody but aren't good stories to tell oh, just because yeah. they happen doesn't mean that you should put it out Anyone there. One right? who's going to Thanksgiving dinner and listening to their uncle, like, knows <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that maybe you, it's just not a good story. I'm glad that that happened to you at the doctor's office. It, but... <laughs> didn't need to know it. Right. Yeah. Don't want to yeah. hear the story. So, right. So we're talking about it's, you want to get it something that's true and that, mm -hmm. and that, rings true for your it audience, yes. whether or not this is a story that actually happened the way you're telling it or not, it needs to mm -hmm. ring true for your audience. And that's kind of, I guess that's what I was getting when I said yeah. comes across as authentic, not that you're trying to fool anyone, but that it's the story is crafted in such a way that the experience of reading it or watching it or hearing it or whatever mm -hmm. rings true to you. Completely. Yeah, I agree. And I think for me, some of my favorite stories are the ones where I didn't already know that that thing was so true. It's like, mm. oh, yeah, that really feels like that they've highlighted something that I didn't know before. And it feels true. You know, it's yeah, are they... counterintuitive. Um, mm -hmm. And that's very hard to do. I mean, that's something that's next yeah. level storytelling and not it's not something I aim to do on a day to day basis. But I'd say that's kind of like the the ultimate yeah. Goal. And I, I mean, I think this kind of, I think what we're describing is pretty hard to do, which is maybe why you don't see a ton of it, mm -hmm. at least not done really well. Like on yeah. a typical, I don't know, like a typical business website or, right. you know, like a post on social media. It's, and that makes me wonder if, you know, and this is kind of a whole other discussion, but does it take a different skill set to be able mm -hmm. to, to craft and tell these kind of stories than you might find on a typical B2B marketing team or, or not, or, you know? I, yeah, I would say, so that's a good question. I, Cause I was going to say like, I don't want people to come away from this thinking that all of this is out of reach for them. Right. Yeah. Because there are some, there are good stories. Like here's an example. There's good stories in your organization of the employees that you work with have good stories. And so like for employee brand, for example, or employer brand, like a very common thing to do is to interview people who you work with and just find out what makes them tick and, you know, create a series of blog posts or video interviews or something. And that's really great for the brand overall. But I would say in your, your question about skill set, I think somebody with a journalist's mindset is probably mm. the best person to handle this kind of storytelling because they, that's what they've studied is how to, right. how to tell a good story. And often now the situation that we're in, maybe you've experienced this, you know, people who were trained in journalism are going into marketing. And in fact, tech mm -hmm. marketing, I've tried to look for those people for this exact reason, because I know what yeah. they have to offer. And then they, then they can learn the marketing part, or maybe they don't have yeah. to do what the other people on the team are doing. They can just focus yeah. on their core 
Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you meant that. That's a really good point. I'm glad you mentioned it. In fact, earlier today, I recorded an interview with, with another guest on exactly that topic. Mm. This is a person mm-hmm. who had come out of journalism and now is leading Wonderful. a marketing team at a company. And we, we sort of did a deep dive into that. But I think you're exactly right. And I think the good news for marketing teams that that happen not to have someone who comes out of journalism or like has that kind of storytelling experience you can learn it. Yeah. You know, it's actually not that complicated. Like what I have a bit of a journalism background. So you learn that there are some basic building blocks to storytelling, mm-hmm. certain moves you can make. Absolutely. And you don't, you know, they're not rocket science to use a cliche. It takes time to get good at them. But, mm-hmm. b- but there are, there is kind of a template for how to tell different kinds of stories, or I should yep. say templates, right? Yep. Exactly. And if you're, and you can learn it. So it's not like it's out of reach if you don't happen mm-hmm. to have that kind of background or you're not a natural storyteller, you can do it. You just need to learn a little bit. Yeah, completely. I mean, even just thinking like, what's the tension here? Sometimes I'll read a, read a piece of content that someone has produced yet from an editorial standpoint and be like, there's no tension here. At no point did I ever right. think, did I ever have a question in my head? So no one is going to go past the you know, second paragraph or even the first paragraph without wanting to know more. So like what would make someone keep reading? And often that's these right. storytelling tactics. Exactly. That's the kind of the main question. If, if, if you were reading this, what would keep you reading? Exactly. Exactly. And there are good answers to that question. So, <laughs> okay. Yep. Well, I have one final question for you, Sarah, which is how can people get in touch? Ah, great. Well, to get in touch with Sanity, <laughs> sanity.io is our web address. I'm on LinkedIn. People can feel free to reach out, connect with me, follow me. And yeah, I'd say that's my main social platform. Okay, excellent. We'll put a link to your LinkedIn in the show notes. Great. So with a single click, people can visit you there and connect. And uh, Sarah, thank you so much. Really enjoyed this discussion. Super interesting topic. So thanks for sharing yeah. your, your insights. Thanks so much, Jeremy. This has been really fun. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-Versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at Conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.